welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. This is Mikey Lynch. And um, uh, today I want to talk about um, buying stuff off secondhand sites, particularly <laughs> on the internet and stuff. I'm sitting here with coffee and my plunger in front of a fire on a Saturday, cold Saturday here in Tasmania. And, um, and it's nice to sit down and talk to you guys for a bit. So, um, I'm not a master at this. You know, there are some of you out there, you're doing this all the time. You live on, you know, you, maybe some of you guys don't know, in most places there's a blade trade post kind of Facebook group. Uh, I know there's one mainly in America, the blade trade, and there's one in Australia, Australia blade trade post, and I guess there are similar things uh, in different countries. Um, and then there's eBay, and then in Australia we have Gumtree as well, and I think that's in other places now. You know, and you have your own local variations, and of course then beyond internet, there's um, <laughs> garage sales and uh, recovery tip shop, kind of rubbish tip uh, sort of shop places, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, buying second-hand stuff. And I guess I'm particularly talking about buying off strangers, because it's a different thing again buying off someone you know, um, know and trust and, and all that kind of gear, but secondhand stuff. Um, I've done heaps of it. Some of you have done, like, this is one of the things you do. This is like your hobby is searching, looking, buying, selling, swapping, modding. That, that's not me. Um, I buy from time to time, when I can afford, when I have need. Um, and here's just a few things I've observed as a, as a rookie. But others can, of course, comment with your uh, high-level kung fu master Jedi Knight advice on buying stuff off websites. Um, I just want to lead off by kind of raising the question of should we be doing it or should we be buying stuff new to help the people who make rollerblades? (laughs) I kind of feel weird about that. I feel like there is something good about being able to give into this small industry and keep it ticking over. And so I do want to be a person who does that. Uh, Yes. So, yeah, you should think about that. Could I buy something new? At the same time, um, there are lots of good things you could do, right? In one level, you're just helping rollerblading keep on going by keeping on rollerblading. Um, uh, uh, by not buying new stuff when you could buy secondhand stuff, you're helping the environment by not being, uh, you know, and you're being not a consumerist and and being content and you're able to use more of your discretionary income to give to church or give to charity or give to friends in need. Um, yeah, and um, and in, in a way, I guess, it's, it, you've got to take a, a larger view of the whole industry and go, well, maybe me giving money to the person who was going to try and sell those skates anyway, I'm giving them money that they may not spend on secondhand stuff but may spend on new stuff. Do you, do you see what I mean? And so it's, um, I mean, definitely one of the things, as I've touched on below, is that um, uh, um, sometimes it seems people sell stuff secondhand uh, because they got sizing or something else wrong. And so they, they, they're a brand new buyer. They bought brand new. Uh, you're taking this thing off their hand to give them more cash flow so they can probably buy brand new again. So I think there's a place for it. I think there's something nice about being a brand new, <clears throat> uh, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in buying secondhand as well. And I think especially if you're not even sure if you're going to like rollerblading, that's definitely advice I give to people buying for kids, buying for partners, buying for self, when they're not even sure how how much traction this hobby is going to have. Why spend three or four hundred bucks when you don't even know if you're going to be doing it?
there's six months' time. Um, <clears throat> but look, it is a risk, um, and I guess that's the thing you've got to know. If you're buying something secondhand, it's not guaranteed, it's not warranted, it's not new. And you'll never 100% know if the person is lying to you in some way. How much more on the internet when you can't see the thing? You know? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you could, in theory, get something claiming to be new and perfect that's actually kind of a total knockoff. You could just get nothing at all and the person runs away with your money. And I, I honestly don't know really how effective any complaint system through things like eBay and Gumtree really are in terms of helping you recover from a scam. All you can do is expose the person for next time, I think, often. Um, so you've got to say, look, this is a risk um, that I could get something I don't want. Um, I could get something that's not what it says it is. I could get nothing at all. I could get um, so there's some damage that wasn't disclosed. Um, or I just could get something that doesn't fit, that doesn't do what I want it to do. You know, um, and, and so you've got to go in with that and just go, you're up for it. And, and look, I am up for it because by and large, especially if you're buying from people um, who are just selling their skates, you know, individuals, um, rather than kind of seller, um, retailer sort of type people, um, then the likelihood you're just contacting a person like you who's trying to just make a little bit of money from something sitting in the cupboard or who accidentally bought the wrong thing and just trying to recoup the loss from the bad purchase. That's pretty high. You know, it's a different thing a bit when you're on eBay and you've got them people who obviously just have stacks and stacks of stuff, flipping stuff on eBay. You know, a bit more wary about that. You know, like there's a whole thing about, you know, pay $2 and get bone Swiss bearings. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know about that. I, you know, um... So you want to be wary of those sorts of things in a different kind of way. And I definitely when I've bought stuff from retailers, super cheap stuff that's normally super expensive from places like China and Hong Kong, the chances that I get something that looks okay and doesn't really work and isn't really quite what it says it is is pretty high. So, you know, the risk varies. Um, sizing is the big challenge if you're buying skates. And, um, and it is helpful to kind of read around. There is a fair bit of stuff online that tells you about which boots fit to shoe size, which boots are slightly bigger, slightly smaller, slightly narrower. Um, that's helpful information to have. I mean, there's a fair bit of give there as long as the thing isn't too small. Um, but, for example, uh, uh, the Razor's um, Genesis boot is quite fat, you know, and so there's more space in that, whereas K2 boots are often more narrow, you know, it's helpful just to know those sorts of things. Google around that, look onto the various um, uh, forums, or just ask on your local city or country rollerblading page, and people will be able to tell you and give you a, a bit of an indication on that, so that's helpful. Sizing really important, but the ideal with that is if you live in a city that has a skate shop, is go in and try it on. I know that's the dirt bag thing, right? It's a dirt bag thing to go and try something on in a shop and then buy it secondhand or cheaper online. But look, I don't know if you, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's a strategy, so it's the yeah, it's worth thinking about. Um, it is worth also then googling um. And, and sussing out and sniffing out and asking around about the particular brand you're buying, particularly if you're buying, like, you know, aggressive skates or more elite-level skates. You want to hear what the goss is, um, you know, being aware of if there are problems with the liners or problem with the fit or a common flaw and defect. 
Um, that's just a good thing to ask about and be conscious. I mean, often it's not. Often these are great things that are tried and true, but every now and then you'll have something. And, of course, especially something that's newer has that kind of risk a little more. So it's worth asking out around about that. Um, but with that, it is worth knowing that because skates are kind of fetish objects at where people geek out and get really obsessive, you will find someone and even a whole gang of people who will be bizarrely negative about really good skates just because it's that's their thing, is they hate that and they love something else. So you've got to read around enough to kind of sift through the bull, um, which is just associated with preferences disguised as absolute declarations. You know, you've got to sift through that um, and have a little bit of suspicion that the person behind that might be an uneducated, ignorant, full-of-themselves person who just particularly happened to not like that skate, or it might be some pimply 18-year-old who, uh, you know, the crackly voice going, yeah, I don't really like them, you know, <laughs> whatever. So you've got to be realistic about that. Um, I mean, a helpful perspective thing to go is that, you know, a lot of the, the key brands have highly skilled professionals skating those skates. So they can't be that bad, can they? You know, and that's a helpful reality check. Um, you want to see as many photos as possible, and if there aren't photos from every angle under, inside, the liner, the stitching, the um, uh, the wheels, and then the, the, the base of the wheels, so you can actually sort of the skate upside down, looking along across the wheels, um, you can ask for that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're particularly concerned about bearing quality, you could even ask for someone to spin them with a video, sounded video track, and send you that. You know, you, you know, so that you know whether they're totally uh, they they spin to a stop very quickly, um, and they make lots of grating noises. That's worth bearing in mind. Um, um, what else? Um, uh, trust I've already talked about really and I guess I'm just saying that especially if you're buying off people largely we're dealing with a small community we can trust that community if you're part of a small community if you're buying off people the likelihood that someone's going to rip you off what a jerk if they do and in some ways that's just the risk of human life at that point um, so I mean you can you can ask people to make sure they send you deposit slips when they pay um, and send you posting tracking numbers uh, I mean, you can check out if it's via Facebook, if you're friends with people who are friends with them, um, so that you know that they're bound into the community and you can trust them in that kind of way, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, on eBay, you can obviously track the buyer and see uh, what other reviews they've gotten, which helps you indicate whether they're trustworthy or not. Um, you know, there are all these sorts of things you can kind of do. Um, I guess buying off someone who's never sold anything before and doesn't know anyone you know, that's the highest risk um, compared to buying off someone who's sold a lot of stuff before, has decent review rates, um, or knows people you know is much better. So that's, um, that's good stuff to bear in mind. Um, as you negotiate, I guess you can always do what you negotiate with anything, right? You can sort of ask for a little less, or when you see a few more photos, you can go, oh, you're asking too much. Um, uh, I mean, that's all just all standard stuff. You can say, hey, look, I'd, I'd like this, I'd like this now, um, uh, and I'll take it all off your hands, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, there's all those sorts of variations. It's the same with anything. I don't need to tell you about negotiating. Um, hey, but just look on postage. I mean, this is one random thing, but it's a random irritation that I haven't really experienced with skates, but I have experienced with other things, is, gosh, it's annoying to me when there are people selling stuff in a country who refuse to post elsewhere in the country, won't post, got to come collect. 
I don't know, that just, that just drives me bonkers. I just feel like, uh, I mean, of course it's your prerogative, and if you just basically want to offload stuff with minimal hassle, get, get it, right, sure, whatever, fine. Um, and yet on another level, if the person's going to pay for the postage, and maybe, and I've, sometimes I've offered to pay more and go, okay, cool, it's a hassle, I'll pay you more for the hassle, for someone still to refuse to do it, I, I kind of that leaves me the bad taste in my mouth. I go, you're stopping someone who really wants the thing you're trying to get rid of from getting a thing they'll really appreciate and giving you money, and you just won't because sorry, don't do postage. I don't know. That just that just annoys me as a thing. So post, be a nice person and post. Um, and yeah, if you don't know already, Australia Post has a calculate postage thing. So you can calculate the size of the object and the weight of the object and plug it all in um, and see where it's going to post to. And that, that helps you kind of nail down postage without the person having to go to the post office, get a quote, then message back. Um, there you go. There's, there's my little minimal experience. But I'm sure those of you who are really into all of this have other kind of sweet in in advice and stuff and so please send it in and let us know but for now this is mikey over and out ad v for rollerblading podcast is produced by mikey lynch theme music by edifice architect you can find us on facebook and soundcloud or subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher if you have any questions comments requests or podcast contributions please message us on facebook to support the podcast find us on patreon and pledge a once-off or regular contribution Even just two bucks a month, every little bit helps. See you later.